It's recruiting time. We're talking recruiting today. We haven't talked it in a little while, so we thought we'd give you an update what's happening in both football and basketball. It's on Locked On Syracuse, and it's right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's your Tuesday episode of Locked On Syracuse. Thank you for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He is Owen Valentine. And we're talking Syracuse basketball and Syracuse football recruiting today. It's very exciting times in Syracuse. Aren't you, don't you feel lucky that Syracuse football is one of 16 undefeated programs right now, Owen? 15, I think. 15, we, I think we're it's bringing it down one. It's 15 undefeated Ooh, programs. Awesome. And I was just thinking this, you know, at this point, is is it sure not that, 15? oh, let's – I think so. I thought I saw something that said 15. Okay. Uh, but at this point, is it not that time in the football season where we're always like, oh, let's well, – we got basketball around the corner. Basketball's right around the corner. Don't worry. No. We're bracing football season this year. It's a 5-0 and football team. And the people are still buzzing in football for, for a couple of more weeks at the least. This is usually that transition, right? We're inside a month to basketball season. We just did our basketball preview episode, I believe, last Friday. And we're buzzing with football still. It's weird to think uh, because of, I think, traditionally, this is that time where you start to shift. And you're like, all right, let's just let's just focus on basketball. A little ease for the listeners. Uh, it's what the people want to hear about. But not this season. And that is a nod to what football has done so far uh, and a nod to how important this week's football game is uh, with two top 20 teams playing inside the Dome on Saturday afternoon. It is 15. Uh, a lot of numbers to remember, so you're right there. Uh, but anyway, what I was going to say is that only happens because of recruiting. It's time to talk recruiting, Owen. Uh, and we're going to start by answering a question uh, and if you guys want to ask us a question, email us at losyracuse44 at gmail.com or tweet at us, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse on the Bird app. Uh, so let's go to the Bird app. The first question and the only question that we're answering today is from Justin Phillips on Twitter at JustinPhil0304. He says, I got a question. Well, that much is clear. Next year with Sellers coming in, Lenora Sellers, he says, next year with Sellers coming in at quarterback, do you think Carlos Del Rio Williams will start? I know it early to think about it, but you'll possibly have two four-stars fighting for the number one position. What I say to you, Justin Phillips, is I don't know where you think Garrett Schrader's going, but he's going to be starting. So I'm going to instead... Look at your question in two years' time when Garrett is definitely going to be out the door. And then you actually have a conversation of you've got two, one redshirt freshman and another true for what a redshirt sophomore and a true sophomore, unless he redshirts and he's a redshirt freshman um, in Lenora Sellers battling out for that position. And we'll see what happens. Uh, Sellers 
played really well in front of Dino Babers the other day through eight touchdowns in a game. That kid looks like the real deal. You see him continually or continuously continue to get offers uh, from different teams here, there, and everywhere because the guy is really good. Um, and Syracuse, I think they have a player that, yeah, is a three-star, but is probably better than a three-star. Um, so what I think is going to happen is it's a classic quarterback battle, and we'll see who the better quarterback is. Yeah, that seems like the, uh, the fair assumption at this point. It's going to be interesting to watch sort of the progression next season while Schrader is running it back for the final campaign to sort of see that backup quarterback battle and that QB2 battle in theory between Sellers and CDRW to see who ends up on top in that. I think right now I would lean towards Del Rio Wilson because of the experience, and then I would see Sellers with a red shirt just to ensure that extended uh, year and to have that blanket or bonus season for when all is said and done. And then I think there is a really, really solid battle two years from now for that starting quarterback role between Sellers and Del Rio Wilson because of uh, how good Sellers is as a quarterback. He's putting up numbers. As you said, he's still continuing to to bring in offers and getting looks from other programs. Uh, so this is a guy that you, you really do want to stay here. You do want committed here, uh, especially given the way the rest of this 2023 recruiting class looks because it is sparse. Uh, and the commits in that class are few and far between. So if you lose a guy to continued recruitment, he backs out, goes somewhere else, um, especially when you leave what looks to be sort of the flagship of this class at this point, barring some some major, major players coming in. Uh, it, it would be an absolutely brutal thing to see. But based on the numbers that I'm seeing from him, he is the real deal. Uh, I'm excited to see, right? Eight touchdowns this past weekend is nuts. Uh, to score eight touchdowns in a football game is absurd. Uh, and to do it in front of coach, I guess, is a big deal. Uh, and they can have that conversation and sort of that will serve as, I guess, the insurance to to say, hey, this is still a Syracuse guy. You're still coming to Syracuse. Let's not let these other coaches get in your ear too much. Uh, and let's make this, make this a good run uh, a couple of years time from now. Yeah, and it's a good problem to have, right? to have two guys that you feasibly could be starting a quarterback. We have seen very little from Carlos thus far, but what we have seen, I've enjoyed. Um, mm -hmm. Even if he is throwing the ball two or three feet over the line of scrimmage. Uh, and like you said, on this class coming in is a weak one. And I mean, it's just true. It's a fact. It is. Um, Syracuse currently has the 80th ranked class in the nation. That's bad. It's atrocious. Last year, 2022 class was ranked 65th, which is also not good. Uh, but I'd argue that 80th is like a lot worse than 65th. Um, FAU is ahead of Syracuse. Miami, Ohio is ahead of Syracuse. Arkansas State, UTSA, Louisiana Tech, Campbell, all ahead of Syracuse. Campbell? That's disgusting. That's Campbell. brutal. Campbell's this is brutal. disgusting. You need to figure That's it ruthless. out because this class is an embarrassment uh, to a team that is 5-0. and and it, if we look back on the history, right, Syracuse goes 10-3 and three in 2018, and their 2019 recruiting class was six spots worse than their 2018 recruiting class. You have to capitalize on wins right now. This bye week, I will say right now, was a little bit of a disappointment for me mentally because I thought this was going to be that week where you bring in a guy or two in that midseason sort of form. As you know, we saw all over social media, the coaches are out on the trails. What has it done? 
right? You send your quarterback's coach and your head coach to watch a quarterback that's already committed here. You do not bring any additional names into the conversation for Syracuse, and there are no more commitments this season. This class is an embarrassment. To be almost 80th in the country in recruiting at 5-0 and is disgusting, and it will be a huge, huge nod on Dino Babers or a huge knock on Dino Babers that will continue to eat at him, even though he is getting a lot of relief and a lot more confidence based on the start that he has had this season. Yep. We know that Dino, despite being 5-0, and everybody's happy about it, um, whatever. People have called us out for thinking whatever that um, maybe he shouldn't be getting all the credit in the world, uh, but he still can't recruit. And I mean, it's just obvious. Like it's really, you can't get around it. Like it, he, what, this is his eighth year, seventh year, seventh year. This is, I believe seven. Yes. Yeah. Or maybe it's at six, seven. I don't know. feels like it's seven. He can't recruit. He's never been able to recruit at no point. He, we, Syracuse brought him in because they thought he was a player's guy, a guy that mm-hmm. was going to go out and change Syracuse recruiting. He's not changed Syracuse recruiting. He has just left it uh, in the garbage state that it is in. I mean, he really has been absolutely brutal. This is his seventh year in Syracuse. Um, It's just been brutal. Uh, All right. We're going to move to basketball after this break. But first, let's talk about upside. From cringing at the pump. To getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why you should use Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, you can earn cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app, use promo code LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business pay as usual with a credit or debit card and get paid in comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs. You can earn three times more cash back with with upside upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the app store. Download the free upside app and use the promo code locked to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. Okay, it's time to continue the discussion. We're talking recruiting. Uh, Owen is upset with Syracuse's football recruiting, as am I, as should you be, because Syracuse fans deserve better. And let me just say before we do move on to basketball, Syracuse is likely going to go to a bowl game this year and likely going to have it's it already has had its probably best year since 2018. I mean, the excitement has been out of this world. Everyone's been amped. You haven't had that excitement since 2018. If they don't parlay that into recruits, it's a failure. It is because you can have, all right, you had one good year. Great. You're, you're muted by the way. Uh, you could have one good year, whatever. Um, it doesn't matter if in three years' time you're going to be one and ten again, or five and seven again, or five and seven after that. It's it you, doesn't matter. You have to build on momentum. You have to build on momentum, and that is something that Syracuse has struggled to do in the recruiting game. Uh, I, I mentioned the 2018 numbers, right? You have a worse class following your best season in a decade or more. You come in this season, you're five and zero. Oh, you haven't had a recruit 
look this way. There has not been another guy really that has come on the horizon and been at the forefront of of a conversation on picking Syracuse since this season started. You're 5-0, and and there's been no shift in any capacity in terms of this 2023 or even 2024 recruiting class. I want to see this, and I know that you don't want to lose a guy like Sellers, uh, and you need to show that you are a presence and that you're still as in awe with him as humanly possible. But maybe that's a, a job that Jason Beck can handle on his own is a quarterback's coach going to watch the quarterback commit. And Dino Babers can go to priority number one and, and see him and play, watch him play and have that conversation, meet the family a little bit more, build that relationship that is what you know Dino Babers is supposed to be able to do. He's supposed to be the really personable guy that everybody loves, that can recruit because of how nice he is and the big Ohana theory and always talking about family and that whole ordeal. I want to see it. Right? I don't need you to spend your off weekend at a game of a quarterback that is already committed here with two of your you know, probably four most important coaches on the staff being there. Go somewhere else, find another recruit, and make something happen because you are once again going to waste the opportunity that presents itself recruiting-wise after putting together an above-expectation ex- season that you are seeing so far in 22, and it's very, very comparable to 2018 at this point. And it is really frustrating for me and incredibly disappointing to see a repeat of what happened recruiting-wise in 2023 that you saw in 2019 this year, even worse than what you saw in 2018. So you've got to figure it out. You've got to do something. I know that you can get guys later in the cycle. You can get guys in December, things like that, so that they can you know, start looking for what the answer is for next season. But you want guys to be on campus this spring. And it's tough to get guys on campus when they're still unsure and you're not pushing them right now and you're not in that conversation. And I'm not seeing things like this. And I hope I put the full-on jinx on and tomorrow morning I wake up and I hear that after a visit from who knows, Robert and I this weekend or from Tony White this weekend, so-and-so has committed to Syracuse. I hope that's the case. And I went on this rant for nothing. But right now, it's incredibly infuriating to see what is happening in Syracuse football recruiting. And as I think we're about to talk about, it's leaking over into the basketball recruiting right now uh, as we look over the next two seasons at this point. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit of basketball recruiting. Um Let's talk about the guys who are in the news for basketball recruiting. That's Elijah Moore, not the Jets wide receiver, uh, and Demarius Owens. Those two guys are are scheduled visits for the 14th and 15th this upcoming weekend. Uh, So that should be pretty exciting. They're both pretty solid-looking players. Elijah Moore rated as a four-star by rivals. There's a lot of teams in on this kid, UConn, Seton Hall, uh, Xavier, Cal, plenty of teams want this guy from the Bronx. So Bayheim uh, recruiting his state. You love to see that. Uh, and then Demarius Owens as well, who is a solid player, a three-star uh, small forward, six seven six eight. Um, a lot of teams want him. Creighton, Bama, Marquette, um, not kind of. Drops off right there. The Brad Klein, if you were a listener during the Brad Klein era, uh, the Brad Klein uh, gauge for a good recruit is if UMass and Siena have recruited him because they recruit every single player in the nation. Um, no, but that, that's a that's a, what a classic Brad take. If they recruit everyone, then they're not good. Oh, it's a joke, right? Owen. 
Is that? I'm sorry, but like, is that not? If they recruit every single player, isn't that an indication that they're not necessarily good? Because these two <laughs> schools will that's throw an the offer joke. At everyone, you're explaining the joke. Oh. <laughs> okay. I see myself out. Anyway, um, those are the two guys that Syracuse has coming in for visits. Um, they're both 2024 guys, so you won't be seeing them in the 2023 class. 24 class has the making to maybe be something with guys like those uh, potentially headlining it. But what I want to bring up here is that the 2023 class as of right now for Syracuse is empty. There is not a single recruit in Syracuse basketball uh, in the 2023 class, which, in my opinion, is a major problem. Um, we talked about it when Reed Ducharme committed elsewhere, as well as J.P. Estrella, but Syracuse is not looking good right now uh, in terms of commits. They have nobody, but you could argue that they got six guys coming in this year, so they're not going to need anybody, But and that's all well and good. Like Maybe that's true in, in most cases, but when it comes to big men, you're just going to have Peter Carey next year. Jesse Edwards could come back for a COVID year next season, but I really don't see it happening. I think he's going to try his luck at the NBA. Like Maybe it happens. I don't know, but I don't really think it will. Um, so you're leaving the entirety of the center to Munir Hema and Peter Carey next season. And obviously it's a little bit early to be getting talking about next season when this one hasn't even come, but that's what you got to do. Um, mm-hmm. JP Estrella was supposed to be your guy from Tennessee or from, uh, New Hampshire, Maine. He ends up going to Tennessee. They're kind of the dark horse in that whole race. I thought it was Iowa and Syracuse and Duke. He drops Duke, thought it was Iowa and Syracuse. He mentioned on our podcast that he was thinking about Tennessee. He goes to Tennessee. Xavier or uh, Ducharme goes to Xavier. You lose out on him as well. Now Syracuse looks like they might get Mike Williams, who's a shooting guard, but I don't know. It doesn't look like they need more guards to me. You need a big man, and that has been the issue for oh so long. Owen, why can't they get a big man? They can't get a big man because they they don't have Adam Weitzman's million dollar contract yet, and that is something that I I want to bring up because I do think it is a value and significant value, whether or not that starts in twenty three or twenty four, um, because if this in theory happens in twenty three, you can sit back and wait until you've got the logistics ironed out and Adam Weitzman's figured some things out. And you look at the top, however many recruits in this class, and see what happens. Uh, there are a handful of guys that are blanks right now, and you can take a look at the the five star caliber players that are split or undecided or NA at this point. When you scroll through twenty four seven, maybe do something like that. Uh, but you do want a player solidified in there without needing to rely on what is or is not. Uh, legal approach to recruiting Um, because that is definitely towing the line. As a lot of people have pointed out, I'm excited for it because I think it brings huge talent to Syracuse and it, I think really does revitalize two programs recruiting wise that are in desperate need of recruiting revamps. Uh, But you need to find someone in this 23 class. And I understand I brought it up a little bit before we jumped on and you sort of shot me down, maybe rightfully so. Uh, There is some merit to you've got six guys coming in this season. And if you see sort of who pans out, who doesn't and where things work and what you might need to emphasize on recruiting, because there are some question marks as to 
you know, what this team will look like next season. There are potentials for one and done players or a one and done player. Uh, and you can attack the transfer portal. But as you brought up, they have not had success in the transfer portal really all too well. Obviously, they've got some guys that have worked out, but they have not really been getting those big name players necessarily that you would hope. So this is something that it is approaching crunch time for. And it is not to say that if you start the season for Syracuse basketball without a recruit that you're completely torched. Um, but it is approaching that time where things are going to be a little bit scarier. Um, you think Judah Mintz committed after the season almost last year. Uh, so you can get big name guys late in the cycle, but you would rather not have to rely on the hopes of a big name guy late in the cycle where there really is no safety net, right? When your late cycle guys don't come to Syracuse, if your late cycle guys don't come for Syracuse, then your only option is a transfer portal. And that is not a place that Syracuse has had great success in. Uh, they've had guys they that have worked out. They haven't had much success at all. Recently, yeah. recently, like recently, Swider was a good out. pickup. Not Andrew a huge. Andrew White worked out. Yeah, Swider was but... fine, but like Symir was okay. But I don't really have. I don't know about you, but I have almost no faith in Munir Hima. I I I don't I really bring him play. into basketball conversations at this point. Yeah, Munir doesn't. I I just don't have faith in him. Um. So yeah. Uh, let's continue this after this ad. Let's talk Nissan. Okay. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from Syracuse this weekend or throughout the history of our alma mater. This week's thrilling moment from Syracuse is, Owen, do you have one or you want me to think of one? It was the thrilling moment from this year. Or our alma mater's history. This or our alma mater's moment. history. This I referenced it moment. on Friday, but the thrilling moment is transition dunk. Christoph Auginat holds onto the rim too long, falls on his back. He was okay. Uh, and that is going to be my thrilling moment right now because uh, I, it's still fresh in my mind after I brought it up a little bit on Friday's That's episode. That's the thrilling moment. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today, now available at NissanUSA.com. Okay, and we're back just like that. Um so we're talking basketball recruiting a little bit. I think Syracuse is in trouble for next year's class. I just I don't have faith in the center spot, which has been the issue since Pascal Chuku arrived on campus and Barama Sidibe followed him up. But it just doesn't seem to me like it's I don't understand it because Judah Mintz, Chris Bunch, Justin Taylor, they have the shorter side of the, the court. The the front court is all or the backcourt, excuse me, is all, you know, made up. It works. They've got good players. They're coming in. Whatever. Chris Bunch won the three-point contest at Monroe Madness. Uh, whatever. But they can't, like, unless Peter Carey totally um, defies what I'm saying and, like, starts working out with, like, Hakeem Olajuwon or something and turns into, like, a legend, I just don't know. Bigger. He does look bigger than I thought based on a I few I think he's going to be Monroe better Madness. than people expect and probably better than I think. But... I don't like he's still I why can't they have like a four star? Why can't they have a like a four or five star yeah. center? 
I don't get it. And you thought maybe you were getting that with Benny Williams, but he is the farthest thing from it. Uh, and it's just, it causes me pain. Yeah, it's it's weird to see the parody, right? You go from a six-person class, a huge, huge, huge class with so many positives, and now you look at the following season and there's, there is no one there, and the conversation is incredibly limited uh, outside of Mike Williams, who I haven't really heard much about since that 24-7 uh, prediction popped to warm. Uh, but he's warm on five schools, so I assume that's just a narrowed-down list based on his top five. Uh, but I haven't really heard anything new about him since seeing that change. And it's been at least a month since he became warm for Syracuse. But even that, yes, he's a four-star, um, but you would – I guess I want a little more confidence or I would have wanted to hear something and I would want to see someone that's not a guard – given the guard situation at the moment and the fact that you're recruiting a ton of guards and have brought guards in. I'm not anti him coming here by any means. I think it can definitely benefit from it. Um, But you do need to attack a four or five in this recruiting cycle right now uh, so that you can get somebody coming in because I don't know what the Jesse Edwards situation is. Is he going to take the COVID year, which is a possibility, but it's not something that you can bank on by any means. And it's something that you're not going to really know the answer to until probably four months from now, if we're being honest. So you've got to have someone uh, on the back burner that you can go to uh, in terms of recruiting a big. And I don't see who that is at the moment for Syracuse. And that name is going to have to arise relatively soon uh, in order to pull this off and to bring somebody in in this class of 23. Yeah, man, you're totally right. And I thought that maybe they were going to get that guy uh, with true fielder who was looking like a potential uh, center option, but he almost immediately committed to Providence right yeah. after that conversation drummed up a little bit. So uh, that's not really an option either. The only other two centers out there in the 23 class that Syracuse has offered and that have not taken offers elsewhere are Isaiah Miranda, a seven footer from Southern California and Papa Conte from Connecticut, who's a 6'10 uh, center. So uh, Conte and a Miranda, both four stars. Conte looks like he's either going to Michigan or Maryland. So I wouldn't hold breath on that one. Uh, and Isaiah Miranda, nobody really warm on him right now. So maybe Syracuse does have a chance. Georgetown's in on him. UConn's in on him. Uh, so maybe he'll be coming to the East Coast, but I don't know. USC and Oregon are there too. Uh, so those are the only other names really out there that are that are big men that Syracuse could be targeting for the 23 class. Otherwise, you're banking on a COVID year from Jesse Edwards, which is unlikely, or Peter Carey. So I guess we'll find out. Uh, but that is all the time we've got on Lockdown Syracuse today. Thanks for making it your first listen every day. Go get more on the ACC by making Lockdown ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Lockdown take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Lockdown ACC your second listen every day.